someone who who doesn't who ha- who isn't on yet, Lord God, send them here that so that they may hear your word. Renew us, make me new, Holy Spirit. Be in this room, be in every house that's streaming. In your name we pray. Amen. This week I want to know I want you to know that never meant for normal means that God will always make a way out of impossible circumstances. God will always make a way out of impossible circumstances. And I believe that it's the heart of the Father that he wants to remind everyone this week that that we serve a God of the impossible. We serve a God of the impossible. And we are living in a time where how many of us need to see the impossible happen? We're living in a time where if the impossible doesn't happen, if we don't see the impossible happening, then we begin to lose faith. And I want to let you know that God isn't just impossible, but he thrives in the impossible. The impossible means to unable to be done, hopelessly unsuitable, utterly impractical. That's what the impossible means, that it's utterly impractical. How can this ever happen? I don't think I could ever see this happening in my lifetime. I don't think this could, this could ever happen to me. I don't see it ever happening. And that's because we exist in a finite existence. We exist in a finite reality. And so the way we see time and the way we see resources are so finite. But you have to understand that we serve a God. He doesn't live in the finite. He doesn't live in time. But he lives in endless resource. He lives, lives an unlimited, he lives outside of time. And so he's not constricted by the movements of time and resource. Right now, there are a lot of people who are being furloughed. There are a lot of people who are um, are scared of sickness. And we're saying, when is this ever going to end? When is this season going to pass? And we have to understand that where there seems to be no way, that God's have been already wor- working on our way out. And when, when there seems to be no way, Jesus likes to step in. He loves to step in. I believe that as a Christian family, that as a church, that as a body, I believe that somewhere along the way, somewhere we lost our wild and crazy faith to see God do the impossible. It's like when a kid grows up and loses their imagination. We've all seen Pan, right? Some of us have seen Pan. If you haven't seen Pan, geez, you got some catching up to do. But somewhere along this life, somewhere along this journey, somewhere along this walk, we lost this this desire. We lost this crazy, unsatiable thing where when we see a situation or when we see a stronghold that we believed God and we're saying, and we said, I'm going to stand on this, that God is going to do something big. I'm going to stand in this moment, and God's going to change this. I don't know what happens because on this journey, somewhere we lost it. Uh, Either things didn't go our way a couple of times, or we become so mature that we don't believe that God does the impossible. 
And so we're stripped of this wild and crazy faith. We're stripped of this wild and crazy belief that the God who created the universe, that the God who spoke things to existence, that the God who did that doesn't do those things anymore. And so we don't, we not only distance him with our mind, we distance him with our heart. Somewhere along the journey it happened. Somewhere, I don't know when it happened. It's like someone steals something from you. I know there was a time in my life where I, where I didn't, like we said, the opposite of faith isn't fear. The opposite of Faith is, is complacency, and somewhere along the line, someone took that, that wild and crazy faith, that wild and crazy belief that God can show up when I don't expect him to, that even though it looks like I'm between a, a rock and a hard place, that God seems to make a way. And I believe that today, in a day like today and online, that the enemy wants to steal that from you. He wants to show you that you are between a, a rock and a hard place, and if you don't have the resources, and if you don't have the the time that there isn't going to be a way out. But I want to remind you today that we serve a God and that we serve a Father, that he says, I know you're between a rock and a hard place, but I create spaces in that. I create ways through that. I'm a way maker, and I do it again and again and again. And I'm a promise keeper, and it doesn't matter what your eyes see, and it doesn't matter what your resources tell you. I continue to make ways where there seems to be no way. We serve an impossible God. So doesn't it make sense that the same God that operates in the impossible, that doesn't it make sense that his children would carry this same impossible faith with us? I don't see this healing happening in your life. God will make a way. I don't see this breakthrough happening. I don't see this financial burden breaking in your life. God will make a way. I think sometimes it's walking in faith that when God leads us walking in faith, it's saying, I don't know how this is going to happen, but he will make it happen, and he will make it happen, and I can't wait to experience it. I want to challenge you guys today. I want to challenge you guys today to get back that crazy faith, to steal back that little glimmer of impossibility, to take it back, gain it back. Don't let the enemy have it because it's that little bit of crazy faith that changes it. We're going to read in Exodus 14, in Exodus 14. Last week we spoke about God not leading them through the shortcut that instead God leads them the long, God leads the people of Israel the, through the long way because he says if they meet the Philistines, they may get tired and run back, and I don't want to do that, so I'm going to lead them through the long route. And we understand that God was leading them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But I always find that when God leads you, what your eyes see seem impossible, but what God sees is he sees potential. In Exodus 14, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdal and the sea. They are to camp by the sea direct, directly opposite of Baal-Zephon. 
Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion and hemmed in by the desert. And so I, I looked, I, when I was reading that, I want to stop right there. It said, God tells them to encamp between Migdal and the sea. And he wants the Israelites to look bewildered. He wants them to look bewildered to Pharaoh. And how many of us can empathize and sympathize with that feeling where it's just like, well, God, I feel like you're doing the same thing to me right now. I feel like I'm bewildered. I feel like I don't know where I'm going at all. But I find that in my life that any time I'm stuck between the limitation of my resources and the impending of my reality, the stage is set for God to perform a miracle. I'm going to repeat that again. Any time that you are stuck between the limitation of your resources and the impending reality, the stage is set for God to perform a miracle. Look at the situation. God wants them to camp between the Red Sea and Migdal. God wants them to camp between the Red Sea and Migdal. God wants them to camp between an elevated plain and an ocean and a sea. That looks like you're in a valley to me. That looks like you're in a place where you don't see anything opening up and you don't see anything happening. You may be in a situation right now where you're, camp you're camped between a sea and a plain. And it seems like those who are against, it seems to you that you're lost and confused, that you're hemmed in. It looks like you're hemmed in on every side. And I want to encourage you. That even though that you may feel like you're between two impossible situations, that you're, be, you're hemmed in on each side, God doesn't see sides hemmed in. He sees just ways out. He sees ways through. And so I want to encourage you today that, yes, there may be a Red Sea on your right side. There may be Migdal on your left side. But just know that God has already planned a way out for you, that you're not supposed to stay there. I know the season may seem confusing. I know the season may seem hurtful. I know what you put trust in may be gone. But I want to encourage you today that today is the day that God works it out because he's always been working it out. He told Moses, take them there. I want, I want them because you got to understand that God doesn't come to confuse you, but God loves to confuse your enemy. Those who are against you, the people who are against you, they may, they're going to look at your life and say, wow, your life is a mess. Your life is confusing. I don't know how you're going to get out of this one. And I want to let you know it's not for them to know how you're going to get out because you serve a God who's already gotten you out. You're going to be between two areas where people are going to tell you. And anyone ever come and tell you, like, I don't know how you're going to work this out. I don't know how God's going to get you out of this one. Or, you know what, brother, it seems like you're just in a real hard place. I don't know what the solution is. And that's okay because what's not seen in the reality is already worked out in the spiritual. What's not seen in the physical, what doesn't seem like it's fitting in the physical, is already worked out in the spiritual. You need to just follow God. You need to just follow God. You're never hemmed in. You're never hemmed in. He says, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart in verse 4, and he will pursue them. 
but I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Verse 5, it says, When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and lost their services. So he and his chariots made re- he t- made his chariots ready and took an army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the, the sea near Pihahiroth, opposite of Baal Ziphon. It says, the, the Egyptian says, what have we done? We have let the Israelites go and lost their services. I want to talk to, to some of y'all single people, dating people, I'm interested, I'm not interested people, or those who just are in a bad situation. I don't know who this is for, but when God moves you out of a toxic Egypt, like, have you ever noticed that they always want you to come back? Right? I know some of y'all could type amen in the chat. Have you ever noticed that? That when God moves you out of Egypt, they want you to come back a couple weeks, two weeks, three weeks later. They want you back, whether it be an old job or an old relationship or an old fling. You leave, and then all of a sudden you get a text like, hey, I miss you. Right? Are you guys with me? Are you guys hearing me? Or you tell them, like, hey, I don't think this is going to work out. You've been in a relationship, and you say, hey, this is not going to work out. Or they dump you. And I'm not going to tell you to raise your hand if you've been dumped because, you know, keep that to yourself. Or if they do that, and then, and, and then they send you a text and they say, hey, where have you been? What have you been doing? And they say, hey, come back. Have you noticed that Egypt didn't want them back because he missed them? Egypt was the first, the thing that they say is like, what have we done? We let the Israelites go and lost their services. What have they done? We've lost their services. And I find that people never want, never care about you, but they always, they care about you when they've lost what you do for them. They only care about you when they've lost what you can do for them. There are people in your life right now who don't care about your life, who don't care about what you're doing, but they care about what you offered. That's why they send that text. Hey, what? Why are we why did I let them go? I lost their services. Why did I let them go? They don't care about you, but they just miss abusing and mistreating you. People who mistreat and abuse you never miss you for who you are. They just miss how you serve them or met a need for them. That's just all they missed. They didn't miss you. They just missed what you, you, what you brought to the table for them, how you made them feel, how you, how you met a need for them. And that's Egypt, what's Egypt saying about Israel. We didn't miss Israel. We just missed what they did for us, 
How many of us are in relationships right now that, that we're like, man, I want to get back with this person, or they want to get back with you, and you're considering it, but I want to let you know they're not there for you. They're just there because you made them feel a certain way. I know that's a, I know that's a, that's a truth right there. I know it's not an easy truth, but this is the world that we live in. Some of us need to ignore Egypt. Some of us need to ignore Egypt. Because what happens so many times is that we break up and we leave that person or we leave that job because of the toxicity of it. We leave it behind us. But so many times they always find that, that we were the person that they wanted to be with, that, oh, you're a lot better than me, and they, they want to play the sob story, and I want to let you go. Leave Egypt where Egypt is. They will realize what they've lost. They lo- they, and then sometimes you just got to let people realize what they've lost. You got to let them go and say, you know what? That season is over now. It's okay for it to be over. I, I know you miss me. I know you miss what I did for you. I know you miss what I brought to the relationship. I know you miss what I might have brought to the job. I know you miss that. But you just miss what I did for you. You didn't miss me. We can't let people abuse. We can't let Egypt abuse us. Whoever, whatever Egypt is to us, we can't let it abuse us. We can't let them come in and out and say, oh, I want to use you now or I don't want to use you now or I want you to be in my life now or I don't want you, be, want you to be in my life now. Don't be, don't be that person. Don't go back and forth. When God moves you forward, you need to stay forward. They said, what have we done? We missed their services. Verse 10, it says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians and to die in the desert. And this is what I love, verse 13. If someone doesn't mind coming up and playing. Moses looks at Israel and he tells them, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord is bringing, will bring you today. The Egyptians will see you today. Well, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. He gives them a command. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. You will be delivered. The Lord fights for you. And I think that's for some of us today who find ourselves in impossible situations. And I want to encourage you with the same words. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the Lord deliver you. The Lord fights for you. You only to be still. 
I always find that I'm stressing myself out when I'm trying to grab at my own resources, when I'm trying to grab the only things that I can find in the physical. You know what? I need I need a job, and so I got to do this. Or, you know, if I'm going to be in a relationship, I got to look like this. You know what? If I'm going to be th- if I'm going to be something else, I got to change to this. And God is saying and, and God is speaking to your heart. I know the situation seems impossible right now, but listen, do not be afraid. Be still. I'm fighting for you. I will deliver you. I won't leave you where you are and watch me work. Watch me work. And we could take those same words to the bank today. God is saying the same thing to you today. God, I don't know what to do. I've been furloughed. furloughed. God, I don't know what to do. I've been laid off. God, I don't know what to do. I've been lonely. God, I don't know what to do. I'm in this broken relationship. God, what about my family? Here's a new one. God, what about my family? They have a lot of different views than I have. This situation seems impossible. And God is saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. You will be delivered. I will fight for you. Just be still. I love this. Because in these next couple verses, we see God give Moses instructions on what to do when we're met with impossible situations. God instructs Moses what to do in impossible situations. And I believe if we started to get in the habit of the same practice and the same movement, I believe that we will see God move in such a way that we've never seen him move before. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. And this is what he tells Moses in verse 16. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. What is God telling Moses? Yeah, I know there's a river in front of you. I know there's a large body of water in front of you. I know there's a large body of impossibility in front of you. But what I want you to do with your rod in hand, lift up your hands. And when you lift up your hands, you will watch my power split the seas open. And so I want to encourage believers today that in your impossible situation, in the ways where you find no way out, this is the moment to lift up your hands and watch God split the sea of impossibility I don't know how this is going to work out. Lift up your hands. I don't know if I'm going to be single. Lift up your hands. I don't know if I take this view from my family, if I'll be the only one. Lift up your hands. But I don't know where I'm going to live. Lift up your hands. He tells Moses, lift up your hands and my power will work through you. And I believe that there's people sitting in this room and there's people watching this online and God, and you're like, Pastor, I don't, I don't know what to do for the past couple weeks and the past couple months. I don't know what to do. I've been walking around looking for direction and I wanna ask you the question, at any moment, have you stopped and lifted up your hands? Have you been in the posture of surrender? Saying, God, I, I don't know where to go from here. 
I don't know where to walk from here, but I'm just going to lift up my hands, God, as I'm in my car, as I'm in the shower, as I'm in my house, as I'm in my at work. Lord God, I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of myself. I see this, this river of impossibility, but you told Moses to lift up his hands and you split this Red Sea in half that they were to walk through it. And so, God, the same God that moved that impossibility, Lord God, you can move the sea of impossibility for me that I walk through on dry ground. He told him to lift up his hands. I'm going to jump down to verse 19 and I'm going to close 19 to 31 and I'm going to read through it. It says, The angel of the Lord who had been traveling in front of Israel's army withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front of the in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to one side and brought light to the other side, so that neither went near the other all night long. Isn't it interesting? I I just thought that was a interesting thing that. If you've noticed in this story that the only time God changed his positioning was when their past was coming for them. Did you notice that? Because it says that a pillar of cloud led them in chapter chapter 13. It says that the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire led them. It was always in front of them. But in these couple verses, it says that, that God, the angel of God, and that the cloud moved behind them to keep them separate from the Egyptians. And I realize that as God is moving you forward, that when he moves you forward in life, that your past will always want to call to you. Your past will always want to shout your name. It'll always want to bring you back to Egypt. And in those moments, God will move his positioning from leading you to behind you. And we may say, God, why did you move your position? Why aren't you in front of me? Because he's like, I've marked out the path for you to go, and I just want to keep your past from pulling you back. What a God. That the only time he shifts his positioning is when our past starts to call us. When our past starts to call us by the names that we used to go by, he shifts his positioning and he creates space. He's like, no, 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 you can't go back to that anymore. That's not who you are. That's not where you are. I've delivered you from that. That's not your name. That's not your title anymore. Go. I've made a way in the sea of impossibility. Move forward. I've made a way in the sea of impossibility. Verse 21, it says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. The Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and the cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea 
And at a daybreak, the sea went back into its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and the horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, no one survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The last point I want to leave with you guys today is as God moves you forward, because what Israel just witnessed wasn't normal. And I want to let you know that in this season, that as God is moving you forward, nothing that God will call you to from now on will be normal. When you give your heart to God and you're following God and you're saying, God, lead the way, I'm going to follow you. You have to prepare your heart and stretch your faith that it's not going to be the norm. It's not going to be what you expect. And so I want to leave you with this one thought that as God brings you into, into what he's called you to as he separates the sea of impossibility for you to walk through on dry ground. You have to understand that that same God that split the sea of impossibility will drown your past in that same sea. You're like, what? You see, your past is going to follow you to where you're going. Your past will want to follow you to where God's leading you. The behaviors will want to follow you. The bad habits will want to follow you. But the scripture says, those who are set free are free indeed. Jesus says while he was on the cross, he says, look, I make all things new. He enjoys a new work. The same impossibility, the same sea of impossibility that was in front of you, the same sea of impossibility that you were walking through, that same sea, your past will follow you through it, and God will drown it in that sea. What a beautiful, what a beautiful story. Because I believe that where we are going, our past cannot come. Where God is leading us, our past cannot follow. Where God is taking us, there is no room for our past to be there. So you have to know that as God is bringing you through the sea of impossibility, that your past will try and follow you. Your past will try and catch up with you. But that, in that sea of impossibility, is where your past will drown. That's where your fears will drown. That's where your doubts will drown. That's where your hurts will drown. Yeah, so guess what? Your enemies are going to be a little confused. That toxic relationship may be a little confused, and they might try to chase you down and say, come back. But I want to encourage you and say, don't go back. The sea's been already split for you. And the same God that split the sea for the Israelites all those years ago, he physically split the sea for them, and he wants to split the sea for you right now. And for you, you're like, well, I don't, I don't necessarily need a body of water to be split, but I need this financial debt to be split. I need this unemployment to be split. I need this toxic relationship. I need this to split. The hate that's existing in my family, the hate that's in the world, I need that to split. I need to walk through on dry ground. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands, little ones. Lift up your hands. 
Come on, lift up your hands in this room. Lift up your hands in your home. Lift up your hands as you're watching this. Because as you lift up your hands, it is a sign of surrender. It's telling God, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know how you're going to work this out. But the same God who split the sea for Israel can split the sea for me right now. Though I may not have the same impossibility that they're going through, but I've got my own where I don't see the resources. I don't see the breakthrough. And so I lift up my hands in the name of Jesus. And I lift up my hands in the name of the one who overcame the grave. Because that's impossible because I was never meant for normal. We were never meant for normal. So God, I pray this over every person listening right now. I pray this over every person that will listen. God, give us that wild and crazy faith. Give us that wild and, cr and crazy imagination in our hearts. Our hope that says, I don't know how this is going to happen, but God knows. I cling to the one who holds me together. I follow the one that gets behind me when my past is coming for me. And so we lift up our hands and surrender. And through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of Jesus, you are splitting the sea right now. Not one Israelite was lost in the middle of the sea. And I want to encourage you and let you know that there is not one thing that will be lost in the middle of the sea. The God who brought you to the edge of the sea and the God who brought you through the sea is the God who will deliver you on the other side of it. I want to raise your hope. I want to raise your faith today. I don't want you to stop the stream and say, well, that was another good sermon, Pastor. That was really good. I want to inspire your faith. I want this to trigger an imagination and a hope and a faith in your heart that says, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. But, Pastor, by what you said, God is working on it right now. I may not be able to see it with my eyes. I may not be able to feel it with my senses. But there's something in my spirit that says God is working it out right now. He is splitting the sea for you right now. If you would just have faith, you want to have real faith, close your eyes and look at the impossibility and say, God, I see you walking me through it. If you're in your home right now, if you're, in a, if you're in your house right now, wherever you're watching this, you may just need to lift your hands and say, and close your eyes. We don't close our eyes because of, 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 it, of, of it being a religious thing. We close our eyes because when we close our eyes in the physical, it's like our spiritual eyes open and we see the impossibility and we see God making a way. Let's pray with hands lifted high. Father, we don't know where we're at right now. It feels like we're lost. I know our eyes are telling us that we're lost. I know our senses allow us to feel lost. I know it feels like you're not working, Lord God. But right now, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our hands to you, from which our, our, you are our hope. You, where our hope comes from. We lift our hands, Lord God, in a sign of surrender, whether it be we're surrendering our lives or surrendering our plans or surrendering our thoughts, we lift them up to you, Lord God. And Lord God, when we lift our hands in surrender, we believe that you are splitting the sea of impossibility right now, that where there was no job, there will be a job. And where there was no companionship, there will be companionship. And where there was no healing, there is healing. And where there was no hope, there is hope. And Lord God, that little bit of faith now is multiplied into a lot of faith. You're splitting the sea for us right now. If you are watching this and 
and you say, Pastor, I need God to split the seed for me. He will. Tell him what it is. Tell him what it is. God loves when we're specific. God loves when we pray intentional, specific prayers. And because when we do, it allows God to say, I'm going to work through that. It's not that he doesn't know, but that when he answers those prayers, we know exactly how, who answered them. We know that we couldn't do it in our own strength. Look at Israel. They had no resources. They didn't have a boat to get over this water. They had nothing. And God made a way out of no way. They didn't have boats. They didn't have paddles. They didn't have any of the equipment that they needed. But imagine the testimony that they spoke of after, after, after they went through. Imagine the testimony you're going to have as we make it through this. When we get into 2021, we can say, I remember last year, man, it just seemed impossible. But God, I didn't have a boat. I didn't have a paddle. Heck, I don't even know how to get in the water. But for somehow God opened the seas for me. And here I am. Let's pray. Father, we need you. We need you right now. Not another second, not another minute, but we need you right now. There are people who are watching this who are hurting right now. There are people who are watching this who are broken right now. And so, Lord God, we just need you to show up, Lord God. You are the same God that split the sea for Israel. Then be the same God that splits the sea for us, Lord Jesus. Do that right now, Father. Have your way, Lord God. Have your way, Lord God, because we know when we get on the other side of this sea, Lord God, we will sing songs to you, Lord God. We are tell our children and our grandchildren all about you. We love you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, and everyone prayed. Amen. I want to let you know that the God that brought Israel through the Red Sea, that allowed them to walk on dry ground is the same God that's doing that for Pioneer Church. These past couple days, I had, we had the opportunity to go to Nashville, and I got an opportunity to, to hang out with a pastor who, who blessed this church. A couple weeks ago, well, in January, I'll make this short, and, and I know we got to go. In January, I... Me and my older brother, we went to a Grizzly game. We went to a Grizzlies game, and it was really fun. And as we're walking in, the Holy Spirit puts on my heart, Pastor, you need to go talk to that guy. Because I see this guy, and he goes, you need to go talk to that guy. And you know, I'm like, no, that's weird. I'm like going up to the guy, I'm like, hey, man, how are you? You know, like, it's just weird. And so the Holy Spirit's like, go int just introduce yourself to him. So I go up to the, to the guy and I say, hey, my name is Jeremy. Um, I just felt on my heart led to come and just introduce myself to you. I just wanted to say hello. And he goes, well, that's weird. And I was like, I know, I know. Because he says, my name is Jeremy as well. I said, oh, that's wonderful. That's amazing. That's my name. We got, we're Twinkies. He's like, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor here in downtown Memphis called Pioneer Church. We just launched about right now. At the time, I was like two years ago. So we're new to this, but, you know, God has been using our church. And he goes, oh, that's really weird. 
I said, oh, gosh, I hope he's not like an atheist or agnostic or something because uh, this can go south real quick. He goes, I'm a pastor as well in Nashville. I said, whoa, that's awesome. That's so beautiful. Look at that. God brought us together. So we talked and we exchanged numbers and we exchanged information. And we're like, hey, man, we took a picture. It's like, this will be a story for the ages. God brought us together. That's wonderful. A couple months go past. You know, COVID-19 happens. We start streaming online. As you guys, some of our leaders know in here, we said, hey, guys, we find that we need a computer. Like we've been streaming off of our sound director, Nathan's computer, but the church needs a new computer that can handle this streaming, that we can run this through. You know what? We're going to pray about that. We're going to believe that God's going to do it because we may not have it in the budget to buy a new computer, so we'll save and we'll move on faith. That was Sunday. That Friday, Pastor Jeremy from um, Christ Church in Tennessee in Spring Hill he texts me a video of a prophetic message spoken over Memphis. And I watch it and I get all the goosebumps and I'm like, ooh, that's so good. And then he goes, what are you guys praying for? What are you praying for? And I tell him the top three things pastors are praying for. Wisdom, people, and provision. Top three things. I can guarantee you, go ask, if you're watching this online and this isn't your home church, go ask your pastor. Are you praying for these three things? Yes. He's like, what do you guys need provision for? Are you guys doing all right? Are you guys, I was like, we're doing great, you know. Um, God has been faithful to this church. We're able to be in this building. But we find that we need a new computer to stream off of because, you know, we've been using Nathan's computer and we've been running that puppy bad. We've been running it through the ground. And so he's just like, okay, okay, we'll be praying for that. And then he just goes, hey, you know what? We're just going to buy it for you. What? I was driving and I had to pull over and I said, what do you mean you're going you're gonna to buy it for us? I was like, you know how much money this thing costs? He's like, yeah, we're going to buy it for you. Because he's like, I just want to let you know that the Father is proud of you guys and what you're doing as a church. He's proud of you. He said, we'll buy it for you. And we, we got that computer this week and it's, we were getting it all set up for next week and you guys may not see it, but it was such a blessing for us. Because for us as a pastor, especially as a leader, I saw this sea of impossibility. I don't know how we're going to afford that. I don't know how we're going to do that. And the same God, he said, lift up your hands, lift up your voice, and watch me work. I got to meet up with him this weekend, and we just connected. And I was just able to share our story and just say thank you. He literally stole the shirt off my back that said Pioneer Church. It's one of our new shirts. It's online. You can buy one. It said Pioneer Church. has a flag on the back. And he says, hey, can, I, can we just do a quick video? And I just want to pray for you. And he's like, and then the other thing is, he's like, you're going to think this is weird. And I was like, the way we met was weird. So go ahead. He's like, I want your shirt because this is like a prophetic thing that's happening right now. And, and I want your shirt. And so it literally gave him the shirt off of my back. Of course, he bought me a shirt, you know, before we. And so I want to let you know right now that God looks at the playground of impossible. He looks at, he sees it as a playground. He goes, what do you need? 
I'm already working. At no point did I meet this man thinking, oh, he's going to be the one that buys our church a computer. No, it was just me being obedient. God said, lift up your hands. God told Moses to lift up your hands. God told Pastor Jeremy, go introduce yourself. At no point did I have an, another motive of just like, hey, I just the Holy Spirit just told me to talk to you. Do you want to see God move in the area of impossibility? Then be obedient to what's possible. You want to see God break through in the impossible? Be obedient to the Holy Spirit when he puts it on your heart. Hey, just go pray for that person. Hey, just go introduce yourself. Just say hello. You don't have to do anything more, anything less. Just introduce yourself. So I don't know what you're praying for as you're watching this. I don't know what you're believing for as you're watching this, but I'm going to tell you this from personal testimony. God might have brought Moses and the Israelites through a sea. God brought past, brought this church through an unneed and unqualified expense. We didn't have the money for this computer. But here a computer is. You may have a resume that you've sent out time and time and time and time again, and you're not hearing anything back. But God may just be saying, I just need you to be faithful. Just go talk to this person. Just go introduce yourself. Go pray for this person. Go pray for your old boss. I'm not saying go back to that job. I'm just saying to pray for them. God is faithful. He's faithful to this church. He's faithful to his people. I wanted to share that story with you because God saw an impossible means for us. And he says, ooh, I thrive in impossible I play kickball in Impossible. And so I want to encourage you as well. If you need it, God will provide it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray and then we'll dismiss. Father, we just thank you for bringing us all here today. We thank you, Lord God, that you are still providing the impossible. You are still working in, in impossible spaces, Lord God. Lord God, we no longer cling to what we know for is safe. We no longer hold on to what we think is safe and secure, and we release that, and we hold on to you, Lord God, because, Lord God, when we hold on to you, your impossible ways take us into impossible places. And so today, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're working through this church right now. We thank you, Lord God, that you're working through these people, Lord God. And Lord God, when you say to raise our hands when you say lift your hands and watch the sea split we trust in you right now lord god you knew we needed a computer and we lifted our hands and you split the sea and the same god that's done it for israel and who did it for pioneer church is the same god who wants to do it for you right now so we just thank you lord god as we walk out of this door and as we see our sea of impossibilities in front of us whatever they may be i pray that as we get to the edge of the sea we raise our hands and we say you're going to split in the name of Jesus, not by my might, not by my resource, but in the name of Jesus, this sea will split. We thank you for splitting the sea. We thank you for getting us on the other side of the sea, Lord God, that we didn't walk through on, on um, muddy ground. We didn't walk through with a little bit of water at our knees or water at our ankles. But, Lord God, we're going to walk through on dry ground. We trust you and we thank you. And I want to tell all of you this. Hell, you cannot have my crazy faith. You cannot have my wild belief that God 
works in the impossible, and God will continue to do things. Flesh, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke what my resources in the name of Jesus, and I trade them in for yours, God. We cling to you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for some of you guys for being in the room. I appreciate it. Um, Again, my wife spoke about generosity and how to contact us and all of that. But listen, if you have an impossible prayer, God honors audacious faith. God honors audacious vision. So let us pray with you. Pioneerchurch.com slash connect. Pioneerchurch.com slash pray. We want to stand with you because when we stand at the mouth of that sea of impossibility together and we raise our hands, I'm telling you, the sea will split for you. Be encouraged. We love you guys. See you guys next week. Be the blessing. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Church Podcast. Let's go one step further. Subscribe and share this podcast with family and friends and see how this word changes their life. At Pioneer, we believe in journeying together. If you want to support this ministry, go to pioneerchurch.com give to continue to help us to reach people for Jesus. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.